Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Great God, our Father in heaven, we we thank you. We're here to worship you, Lord. None of this means anything without you. So, Lord, forgive us, Lord, for being motivated, being moved by what we see, by what we feel. Lord, in this moment, it's about you and you only. Lord, I've as we come before you, Father, in, in prayer seems to be always a certain degree of what we want, what we think we need. But this morning, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for being and wanting fellowship with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank You, Lord, for Your mercy and for Your grace, for Your long-suffering, Father. Thank You, Father. I thank You for Your patience with me. Father, always feeling so ill-prepared. Always thinking that it could be a little bit better. Not praying enough. Not consulting with You enough. Whatever it may be, it just seems like it's, it's never what it ought to be. So, Lord, thank You for your patience with me. Thank you, Father, for being in the middle of where we are, what we're doing right now. But Lord, again, it has to be your will. And it has to be your way. So Father, as we continue to to worship you, adore you, Father, let us not be distracted. Father, Get me out of the way. And Father, speak to us. Your children who who want to hear from their Father. Everything, Father. We want to hear your whole counsel. Father, we want to leave here more identifying more with Jesus than ever before. Looking more like Him. More suited to fulfill the purpose and the plan that you called us to. Father, more equipped to carry out Your will. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It feels solemn and somber, but I don't want it to... I mean, I'm excited about the the Word that the Lord is going to bring to us, and I hope you are too. Hallelujah. Because it is that. It is that. For those of us who have been studying Revelation on Wednesday, I shared that I would be probably... We, we left out uh, 2 and 3 um, in our Revelation study on Wednesday because um, it's the churches and I, as I shared with you, I really felt the Lord nudging me to share those uh, things on, um, on Sundays. And that's where we'll begin today and the Lord allows we'll continue to study the churches um, on Sundays, but... Um, allow the Lord to continue to minister to us through the teaching of Revelation on Wednesdays as we come together. Amen? 
Amen. So we're going to begin in Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you, have con- and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have pers- persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. God, please add your blessing to your word and understanding to all who have ears in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So now, br- brothers and sisters, we'll take this apart just a little bit, and I'm not in any particular order, but in the order I believe that we're, I'm being flowed to or through. In Revelation, in that, in that first verse, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he holds the seven stars in his right hand who walk in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Now, there's, there's not a, most of us know this, but just because maybe you haven't been there for a little while, I want to remind you that, you know, what those things mean. In Revelation 1, Jesus, or John is given this vision, and uh, Jesus starts to speak with him, and he gives him already some of the interpretation or explains some of what he's seeing. So in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20, here's what it says. The mystery of these seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Okay? So now let's go back to verse 1 of chapter 2. The angel of the church of Ephesus, right? What's the angel of the church? That's that star, right? The star is the angel, the messenger. That word, angel, is translated from a Greek word which means angel or messenger. Okay? And the seven lampstands. He says, those who hold the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. So he's walking in the midst of the churches. Jesus' presence is in the churches. Amen? Okay? Alright, so we see that. It's not a big deal. How do we interpret that? Oh, I don't know what that means. Well, he's told us what it means. Amen? Okay, so now we'll break it down a little bit further. I'm going to jump to verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Can you put verse 7 up there for me? Verse 7. That's okay. He who has an ear, let him hear what the, <laughs> what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. My brothers and sisters, does this mean that every person that has an ear is able to hear this? No. What, what, is, he, what, is, what is he speaking to when Jesus is speaking to that? And, and listen, there, may be, there are some people that believe that. Let who, he who has an ear, anybody who's interested, or anybody who's an earshot of what's being preached or taught, or the messenger that's been sent to you. See, so some people say, well, the messenger, I want to back up just a moment. The messenger is the pastor of those churches. Mm, probably, probably. But remember, the, the messenger is that person who's bringing his message, who's bringing forth that word that he's intended for that person, that place, that time. Amen? So, so give this to them. It's not an angel 
that's speaking to the churches. It's a messenger that's speaking to the churches. Therefore, it probably is the pastors of those churches or someone who God is speaking to in those churches to, to bring the message. Amen? Okay, so we're, we're there. That, okay, I understand that. So now, when he says, all who have an ear, let them hear, is, does that mean that everybody who that messenger is speaking to? The answer to that is no. I'm going to give you a little hint. Write this down. Check me out later. In Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 25, Jesus asked them, would any, anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand. A lamp stand. Imagine that. There's, there's, there's also some, some significance there as well, isn't there? A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will, be, will shine. For everything that is hidden will be eventually brought into the open and every secret will be brought into light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding that they have will be taken away from them. There's a lot there. And there's a lot speaking to this hearing and listening and be careful what you hear. That was uh, translated from, that was the New Living Translation. I chose that one because I thought it would be easier for you to hear and, and my brothers and sisters and for us to then jump off this platform. Not everybody who is in church or not everybody who's hearing these messages is actually listening. Be careful to listen. Be careful to listen. What does that mean, be careful? <gasps> that means I, I need to watch out. No, be careful. Give, give care to it. Be attentive toward it. Come on. And see, now what he's saying is, if you're listening, if you're being careful, and you're listening, you're going to gain knowledge. He's, he's bringing you up. He's, he's giving you more light. He's giving you more knowledge through His Word. And if you're careful, and if you give it attention... See, how many people go to church? I, this, this drives preachers, pastors, teachers, class, teachers in, in a regular setting. Drives me crazy. And you'll see me sometimes and it'll get me. You know, you're, I'm up here preaching and spewing and spitting, doing everything but cutting back flips. And I'll have somebody inevitably falling asleep or not paying attention or looking at their phone and you know darn well it's not anything to do with the Scripture that we're just talking about. Oh, come on. That is, that is disturbing. And that's why too, with young people, sometimes you'll see me, and I don't mean to embarrass anybody, but I'll... Hey, up here. Why? We need to be careful about what... If, if you believe that God is speaking through these messages, then you better be listening. Amen? Okay, and if you're not sure whether God is speaking through these messages, you need to find another church. I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk now. Come on, I, I know I'm, I'm really good at making people mad at me. I, I understand that. But let's, let's, let's just be honest here. And I'm not trying to run anybody off. I'm, I'm just being 100% transparent with you. My brothers and sisters, it's very, very important that if you believe that the Word of God is being brought forth, then you better be paying attention. Then you better be careful and give it your full attention. Are, are you with me? And that's what, that's what Jesus is saying. And that's what, see, that's why I chose to start there. Give it, give, he who has an ear, let him hear. He who is interested in it. He who wants to know. He who already has a basis of knowledge and understanding. He who already has, listen, he who already has spiritual ears. 
He who already has, who he already has begun this journey. He who already has some knowledge. He who already has a little bit of understanding. He who is interested in hearing the word of God. Let him be careful about what he's hearing. Hallelujah. I want to be careful. I, I heard my pastor, uh, Pastor Loran, not too long ago, preach a message and, and it was something about being careful about what we hear, not necessarily as it relates solely to the Word of God, except that what we're allowing our children to listen to, music, come on now, music. I'm, you know what? I'm getting old now. Somebody could have disagreed with me instead of laughing at me, but I'm getting old now. And my memory isn't always good. But it's amazing that things that I can remember, the songs, the stupid things from when I was a little kid and from when I was a teenager, we'll be driving down the road and a song will come on and I'll tell, and I do it just to keep my brain going, I'll turn that station on and I'll, I'll quiz Michelle. Who is that? But I cover up the thing where it says who it is. Who is that? And she's... Um, I can remember who it is. I can remember the words to the song. I can remember why. I was hearing that when I was a kid over and over and over and over again. It got inside of me. It's committed to my memory. So my brothers and sisters, young people, old people, parents, how important is it that from the time that our children are young, we make sure that they're getting the Word of God inside of them? Come on. Remember where we were even last week. At the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Man, we have to put... Come on. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we have all of these things being driven down into us. Not just our children. Into us. Be careful what you're allowing in. Remember last week about the thoughts. Our thoughts are like birds. We just can't let them nest. Can't let them build. So man, they're going to happen. Things are going to happen. But you cast those thoughts. You take all of those imaginations into captivity. Amen? Amen. Alright, so let's continue. But notice what he says. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on this just a little bit. Because you've heard me say this before and many of you have been in the uh, church for a long time. You know, many, well, uh, these letters to the churches, it's specifically for those churches at that time. Some people will say it speaks to eras, the church eras. Uh, I think I've, some Theologian believes that the Church of Laodicea started in the 1900 or right at 1900 and is continuing to the rapture. I don't know about that. But here's what I do know. When I see Jesus say, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, plural, my brothers and sisters, what, that means every message for every church, that time and this is for all of his church. Come on. And that, I'm, not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Maybe not even the second smartest. You had your chance. But that is very plain and simple to understand. Jesus is saying, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This letter is for this church, but I want every other church to hear it. I don't know about you, but I'm part of His church. I am in the body of Christ. I am the church. You are the church. Lesson, let the churches hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. It's for me. It's for you. So what is He saying? So here's some of the things that he I know your works, your labor. Uh, back up. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, 
and have found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience and have labor for my name's sake and have not become weary. So that's that's all positive so far. Amen? Amen. That's that's all positive. And though he then you jump down to verse six, because in between what that and this, he gives them some negative, but then in verse six it says, But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So these are all of the things that they had going for them. These are all of the things that they had going for them. Okay? I know your works, your labor. So you're, you're working. You're laboring in the church. You're doing some work, some good work. Uh, your patience. Patience, isn't that a fruit of the Spirit? Uh, yeah, I know your patience. You cannot bear those who, who are evil. So now, I had this conversation with Michelle earlier because you guys, I get to bounce some stuff off of her because I, sometimes I wonder, am I crazy? Because this is so easy, but everybody else, I'm, I'm reading other people, I said, this is, there's no way. So look, God is saying, you hate evil. So that means not what they think is evil, but what's evil according to God. Right? Because I want to make sure that we understand, my brothers and sisters, just because we think, well, it's not that bad, that doesn't mean that it's not bad in God's eyes. Okay? Are you with me? Because you can tell, you can testify, many of you right now, some of the things that are being practiced now as normal, that are good, that are okay, as part of the culture. When we were kids, not that long ago, it was horrible. Not even, the, you, it was shameful. So the culture, humanity, doesn't get to determine what is evil. God determines what is evil. So when I see our Lord Jesus making a statement like this, my, my opinion is, and I think it's a very firm opinion, somebody should back me up on this. If He's saying, you're recognizing what's evil, that means they are truly recognizing what's evil as it relates to God. Amen. Not the culture. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you've tested those who say that they are apostles and are not. Special messengers, special envoys of God. And you found them liars. How did they test them? Against the Word of God, against the Gospel, against the Scriptures, against everything that they've been taught as it relates to the New Covenant. And and that all lines up with what they had been taught from the Old Testament Scriptures. Are you with me? So you've tested them. You've had these special envoys, these special messengers come to you and they're, you know, waving the magic wand and they're saying this stuff and they're saying that stuff and they're performing this sign or this miracle, this wonder and all that stuff. But when it comes right down to it, you don't take them at their word. You go ahead and you put them to the test. The test of the new covenant word. The test of the word of God. What is true according to Jesus Christ, not according to what thus saith man. Come on, not just what seems good to man, what just seems the good intentions. We are, my brothers and sisters, we are so steeped in this culture where all you have to do is intend well, intend to do well, or intend to be well, and it's okay. It's not okay. Well, I had good intentions, so it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Symbolism over substance is what is, is really activated and active in our culture today. Well, I meant to do this, or this is what I mean. I see, but, but you know, it does the substance of what we do, the substance of where we are, means nothing as long as well. I didn't really mean to do it. That's why the politicians could get away with everything that they get away with. Well, they can lie, cheat, do whatever, and please, 
It doesn't matter, red, blue, green, yellow, purple. It doesn't matter. They can lie, cheat, and do whatever, and then come back and say, well, I meant this, or I meant that, or blah, 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 this. And for all of these years, all of these decades, that all of these people have been promising you things, and promising this, and promising that, and have not delivered, but we still, excuse me, that we still think, well, these are, these are, because they say and speak such great words, and their intention is, oh, I'm for you, and no, no, you're not, you're for you. You're for you continuing in your power and your authority and in your money and in riches for your family and your... Come on. Hallelujah. So, oh, Tony suddenly got political. No, I did not. I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, here as a church that our Lord Jesus Christ is actually giving a great honor to by recognizing you test these people. You don't take them at their word. You measure them against the truth. We need to do that. Each and every day. So these people, this church, this group of people, is they're doing that. Hallelujah. You've persevered and had patience. That's an amazing thing, my brothers and sisters. For me, for some, maybe it's, it's easy. For me, patience is a very hard thing. It's difficult to wait. And I'm not talking about just to moms and dads and, and those of you who may be raising children or have raised children or have teenagers. I mean, that tests you. Come on. But we're tested in those ways all the time. Even as it relates to our relationship with God. Really? God? T- yes. Have you, ha- let me ask you something. Have you ever prayed and then not hear yes or no? That means wait. Wait. How many of you get real excited when you have to wait? No. No, that's not our culture. That's not where we are. That even our children are raised from an early age not to wait. You want this? Okay, if we can afford it, we get it. Come on. I'm, and I'm not being... Listen, please. I'm not trying to be hard on children or hard on parents who like to give their kids good things. I'm not. I'm just saying that's how we are conditioned. So that when we have to wait on the Lord, it's not part of who we are. That has to be supernatural. Come on, and that's where our faith... So now, I'm thinking that's a great thing. So you see the Lord giving His praise to this church about that. This is an awesome thing. This is an awesome thing. I would love for the Lord... Wouldn't you like to hear the Lord commendate you for your patience? I think it would be a testimony to His great power and His wondrous working miracles if He said to me, Tony, you have great patience. Well, Lord, that ain't me. That had to be from you. Hallelujah. Come on. So you, do you, but do you understand? Hallelujah. And you have labored for my name's sake, and you have not become weary. My brothers and sisters, I can relate to this because, and, and you've heard me say it, and it's not a complaint, but I'm saying to you, and some of you can say yes and amen, because you may be in the same boat. Michelle and I have been doing this for so many years and sometimes you wonder, man, I mean, shouldn't we be here by now? Shouldn't we be there by now? Shouldn't blah, 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 blah. And there are times when we have said, and you guys, many of you are witness to it, where we have, we took a year off. About a year off, right? And we didn't know where we, what we should do, how to continue. The Lord spoke to our hearts very plainly, very clearly, and that's why we're here today. But there was a point in there, and there have been several points where you're saying, man, I'm, I'm doing this, but am I, are, is there any fruit from it? And you start to get tired. You're, wor- you're working all the time. Secular. In the church, Michelle, you know, me, just like you, we all work. We all work more than one job. We, have, we all work. We work in the house. We have 
kids. Some of us have a lot of kids. And, but, but, the, but, the, but see, so listen to me. See, that was an amen right there. But you see, my brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to make light, but what I'm saying though is, man, it's easy to grow weary. Isn't it? But see, here's what I'm saying. Our Lord is commending these folks because you're doing this and you haven't grown weary. So you look at that. And then you go back a couple of verses, or I'm sorry, you go forward a couple of verses, and he says, here's something else about you. You, have, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So now, I will get more detailed as it relates to the Nicolaitans when we get to the church of Pergamos, because they're mentioned there as well. I only want to say this. I don't think that there... I, I, there are many theories... And I will explain to you what I think. I, I think it might be just like a branch of Gnosticism or something like that. Not necessarily like the idol worshippers, the, the ones that have the, the uh, that say it's okay for the uh, prostitutes, the temple prostitutes, and all that. I'm not. I don't think it. I don't think that's them. But I'll I'll, I'll get further into that later on as we get further into the study. So he. So now look at though. Out of all of those things, all of those commendations that our Lord gives to them, look at what he says to them in verse four. I have this against you, that you've left your first love. Crushing. Crushing. They're doing all of those things. They're doing them all. All of those commendations. But you left your first love. Wow. So as, as I'm contemplating this as I'm meditating on this the Lord brought me several and I want to and I'm, I'm saying the Lord brought me I really do believe in my heart that the Lord nudged me uh, for some of these examples that I'm going to give you and there's a couple of them in here that I think just really succinctly and specifically get to me and I hope to some of you as well in Matthew 7 which we have quoted many times but I want to go there just listen and you can write it down check it out later Jesus speaking in verse 21, Not everyone who says to to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Here's some works. Have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. Done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Lawlessness. Depart from me. So, So now think about this. You have these people who are calling him Lord. Their profession in that moment is Lord, Lord. Haven't we done these things in your name? Haven't we done these signs, wonders, miracles in your name? Jesus doesn't say, yeah, well, you're right. Or, yes, but I have this against you. Doesn't say that. More harsh than that. Get away from me. I never even knew you. Are you kidding me? Get away from me. I never even knew you. You work lawlessness. Yeah, but they did this in His name. They did that in His name. They did this other thing in His name. Yeah, but if you look at it in context and you read, I want you to go back and you read what's before and after that. He's talking, my brothers and sisters, about the tree being known by its fruit. He also talks about the firm foundation. If you cross-reference this with the other synoptics. My brothers and sisters, this is a package deal. You cannot say that I love the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm doing all this thing. And yeah, I'm all about the laying on of the hands. I'm all about the signs where I'm going to cast out demons and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then, hmm, I'm going to walk 
and do something differently. Sometimes the Lord does that despite you. You know why? Because of other people's faith, not your own. Not your own. You know how I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because what, listen to what he just said. I never even knew you. So listen, if there is no relationship there, then how can I have faith to do those things? Answer, don't. The faith comes from him. I'm just, my brothers and sisters, there's still power in that name. There's still power in that name. <laughs> Hallelujah. The demons have to bow at that name. They stand up and take notice at that name. Man, how many times do we read in the Bible where Jesus just walks up? Why have you come to torment? Jesus didn't even say a word. Why have you come to torment us before our time? They recognize that. Come on. The anointing, the power, Holy Spirit of God, the fullness. What about the seven sons? We adjure you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Those demons had to react to that name of Jesus. Those young men didn't get all that they thought they were going to get. But they had to react to that name of Jesus. My brothers and sisters, here, depart from me. You work lawlessness. What does that mean? How many times, my brothers and sisters, have you been and have, have we heard about these men of God who do these mighty great works and this and that and the other thing, only to find out about their falling? Okay, I'm here to tell you that not all of those men were sure enough, born again, absolute, sold out to God from the beginning. Some of them may have been. Some of them may have apostatized. Some of them may have gone ahead and once they saw all of that thing and they got that following coming and they saw and they get a little bit enamored with the flow of God or the things that are happening around them and forget that it's not about me, it's not my power, it's not my words, it's His power and His words. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But how many times have we heard of these men falling? And man, I don't understand. There were so many signs, wonders, and miracles that were done in that ministry and blah, 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 and this and that and the other thing. Well, some of it was fake. Some of it was purely emotional. Suppose some of that happened here? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me move on before I just spend all of our time there. Now I'm going to go to Matthew 12. Think about this. While he was talking to the multitudes, this is verse 46, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother, his brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. Now look at the way Jesus reacts in verse 48. He answered and said to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples. And he said, Here are my mother, my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sisters, my mother. Are, are you hearing me? Now listen, we know this. We know that it truly was Mary and Jesus' half-brothers that went to get him. Why did they go to get him? Because they thought that he was losing his mind. They thought that he was losing his mind. You read this. It, this is in the synoptics and you read this and, and I think it was, please forgive me, it may have been Mark but I'm not 100% sure that gives an explanation a few uh, verses up. It says that, man, there was such a following that he was being pressed, he wasn't taking time to eat, sleep or whatever. His mother and his brothers, I, I, I'm sure it was his mother's, his mother who was so worried about him and got his brother, we need to go get him. 
This was the same Mary who the angel appeared to and told her exactly who she was giving birth to. This is the same Mary that didn't know a man but gave birth to a human being. Hallelujah! That same one. Well, she loved him. She still loved him as her son. But now you're talking about a familiar love. Now you're talking about doing something that you think is right. Something according to familiarity. Something maybe according to phileo. Peter, do you agape me? Yeah, Lord, you know I phileo you. Mm, that won't get it. Right? So now look, this was it was it a it was a human thing. But 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 we really have to stand up and take notice now of our Lord's reaction. Is this too harsh for somebody? No, no, no. This is just this is the way it is. This is the way the church needs to be. See, when I love God, Jesus said this, if you love me, you will do what I ask you to do. See, there's no maybe, sort of, kind of, in between. If, then. Period. Now, that's not the world we live in. There's always got to be the loophole. There's always got to be the back door. There's always got to be what if. No. If, then. Period. If you love me, you'll do what I've asked you to do. And so there's no ifs, ands, or buts. And in this moment, it's, it, this is Jesus makes it plain. Whoa, that seems awfully harsh even against his own mother. No, he's making it very plain. He understands what their motive is. He understands that they're, ta- they're trying to take him away. They're looking at it totally from a human perspective. I'm here to do the will of my Father is what Jesus always said. I don't say the things of my own accord. I say those things that God, my Father, is telling me to say. Amen? Hallelujah. This is the same Mary that had the experience with her 12-year-old son when he was back behind on the holiday. They get part of the way down the road, a half a day's journey or whatever it was down the road, and then they realize, hey, I thought Cousin Jeb had him. No, Jeb don't have him. What about uh, Sister Flo? No, she... Well, where is he? Man, we left him. We better go back. HRS is going to get us. Child services is going to... Should we even go back? Of course. They go back and... Listen, we looked for you everywhere, son. Jesus, why would you look for me everywhere? Wouldn't you know that I'd be about my father's business? Come on. So what does that mean? He was in a carpenter shop? No. His father in heaven. He was in the temple. He was speaking scriptures with the holy people, with the lawyers. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who love me, those who are my family, are those who know what the will of my father is and do it. Those are my brothers, my sisters. Those are the ones that are in agape with me. Hallelujah. So you have this church at Ephesus that's, that's doing all these great and wondrous things and now and he's commending them and now he's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. First love, you lost it. And now we're looking at again at these examples. Now, my brothers and sisters, those first two examples, we have experience with them. I would venture to say if you do yourself find yourself identifying with any of that? Man, there's, there's hope. There's hope. You're here today because God wanted you to hear what I just said. Amen. But maybe neither one of those really apply to you. You're not relating to those. Hang on. Because I'll guarantee you the next two. Luke 18, beginning in verse 18. And we're all familiar with this. And see, please forgive me, but at the same time, listen. Be careful what you hear. Because these are all familiar stories, so don't think in terms of what you heard before. Think in terms, think in terms, please, of what the Lord would lead you to now. Amen? 
So Luke 18, beginning in verse 18. A certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What's his goal? I want to inherit eternal life. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these things I've kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. What did that rich young ruler do? Countless dropped, turned around, and walked away. Why? The Bible tells us because he had a lot of riches. Now I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, this is more prevalent in the church than we know. And a lot of times we don't think about it because not all of us are millionaires. We're not all rich according to the standards in the United States of America. But here's the thing. If you look at that culture versus this culture, that time versus this time, man, can you imagine having to uh, work somebody's field all day, every day, so you would have a place to live? Can you imagine... Come on. Can you imagine fishing all day, every day, so that you can have some food for your family and then hope to sell some so that you can have other things, pay for your dwelling place or whatever it is. Are, are you with me? Mm-hmm. See, so many of us, don't we have, well, we do the same thing. I go to this, I do that. Yeah, we sit home sometimes, we're on our laptops. I'm not trying to demean anything that you're doing. Please hear my heart. But it's a lot different, my brothers and sisters, a lot different. So many of us are not dependent on you know, good weather at, out at sea, a good catch. If we get a bad catch... Remember when Jesus got on the boat with Peter? They were fishing all night and they didn't catch anything? Can you, and I've, I've said this to you, I can imagine being out there all night and your livelihood, taking care of your family, depends on you bringing in something. And you were there all night and brought in nothing. So he is disheartened. He's tired. The last thing he wants to do is have this preacher jump on his boat when he wants to go home, get some sleep so he can get up and start all over again and pray to God that he gets some fish tomorrow. Are you with me? See, I can relate to that in a way. In a way. Being tired and weary, but Jesus walks up. And then when Jesus commands him to do a certain thing, he does it and tells you everything you need to know. Everything that you need to know. So my brothers and sisters, so, so here we are. How many of us are not willing to give up what we have to follow Him? How many of us are still trying to make ours and serve Him at the same time? See, I think this is more of a prevalent problem. How many of the doctrines and, and, and things that we've been taught over the last 40 years or so, that we really adhere to, admire, or follow, says that you can have it both ways. Those are the most popular churches. Those are the ones that are building up. Come on now, I know some of you don't like hearing this, and those who may be listening on the internet, it might not be popular. And I'm not saying that all the big churches, again, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not saying all the big churches are bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. My brothers and sisters, what I am saying though is when we look at this Word and we look at what Jesus is teaching and preaching and we see in specifically in this um, example, sell everything. You've got to be willing to give up everything that you have to follow Him. I want eternal life. Well, 
Eternal life means that you're following Jesus. When you're following Jesus, that means you don't halfway follow Him or you kind of do what He asks you to do. You have to do what He asks you to do. I mean, it's, now listen. Hear my heart. And I'm not in any way standing here and telling you that I've never made the mistake. That I've never gone my own way. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. So please, hear my heart. I know that it's not always easy. I know that. But it wasn't easy for him either. But here's the thing. It wasn't easy for him. He was the extreme case. He made it through. He blazed the path. And even death couldn't hold him. So we're assured the victory. We're assured. We win. So even in the short haul when we're having to give these things up, that really all they amount to is what appeals to our flesh. When we have to give these things up to follow Jesus, then we should. And if we're, if we're not willing to do that, what does that say? What, what does that say about our relationship with Him? Next example. This is a, one you're all familiar with. Luke 10, beginning in verse 38. This is when Jesus is, is going to visit the home of uh, Martha Mary, the, his, great, his good friends in Lazarus. In verse 38, Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, don't you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Look at verse 41 with me. Addie, I hope I gave you that one. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Now, we, we have, I've used this so many times and preached out of here and taught out of here, but my brothers and sisters, in this context now, let's, really, let, let's, let's think about what Holy Spirit is ministering to us here. Remember where we were in Ephesians. You've left your first love. You're doing all of these things. You're serving. You have patience. There's all of these things that are happening. You, you, you don't want, you, the evil stuff, you, you recognize it and you abort just like I do. You abort. My brothers and sisters, look at all the, the commendations that Jesus gives to the church in Ephesus. And then says, but you've left your first love. So I'm showing, here, here's what we're seeing. Do you love me? I think Jesus is saying that to His church today. Do you love me? Do you really love me? Are you in love with doing the work and the service, thinking that if I can get this done, if I look like this, if I walk like that, because I have good intentions, it may be just on the Sundays, it may be just when I'm around certain people, or I did that when I was younger, it's not happening much anymore, but because I had that in my past, when He splits the sky, I'm going. No. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you, but you know, I've got this job and I've got this money coming in. Yeah, I tithe. I'm giving tithe and offerings and all of this stuff. Now, let, I, I, let me back up. I've got to back up. That rich young man, do you think that he tithed and he offered? Do you think that he paid attention to the Sabbaths? 
I'll bet you he did. Well, what makes you think that? What makes me think that is when Jesus was talking about the law, all of those things I've observed from my youth. Somebody tried to raise up a good Jewish boy. Come on. So he gave his tithes and offerings, I would bet. I would venture to say also that he was there on the high holy days. He was there on the Sabbath. He went to synagogue. In in his mind, he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. Okay, are you willing to give all of that up and just follow me? Do you love me more than that? Come on. So now we go back and we see Martha and Mary. And I and you mean like we can relate to this, I, I mean I can, so greatly. And I, I want to keep this up there. Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Right? School, if you're a young person, school, friends, relationships. How do I measure up? How popular am I? How many likes? How many followers? Oh, I better not talk about that. It got me in trouble. No. No. What's good? What's, you know, what, what my friends think is good? How popular am I? You know, what, you know, what college am I going to go to? Oh, you know, is that something? No, it's not bad in and of itself. But should you be really anxious about all of those things? When I, I, I had the opportunity to talk to a young person not too long ago. And my grandkids, uh, they're so respectful to me. And I love my grandkids because I know that I tweak them. <laughs> so I've only got two of them in here right now, but I tweak them. Because I usually will ask them almost all the time and sometimes throw them throw them a text. Are you reading and praying? Where are you reading? What, what are you studying? Right? Amen? I expect at least two amens. But I, I, all the time, Dom and Bell, and the only ones I don't bother right now are McKinley and Brinley. But that's coming, Lord willing. <laughs> so, so, so what do I do? I ask them, are you reading? Are you praying? Because you should be doing it every day. You know, but I had the experience with talking to one person. Yes, I'm reading. Okay, well, where are you reading? Well, I get a daily verse that is text to me. I said, "That's really, and that's all you do?" Well, okay. So I said, "Let me. What if I told you that me and Miss Michelle had a great relationship? That we are so tight. We're we have such a tight marriage, and we're so in love with each other, and." You know, we, we just, it's just the best thing that ever happened. You know, and we're just walking in sync and all that. But I tell you that, you know, from the day that Dad Prettyman walked her down the aisle and gave her to me, right after that, she had to leave the state. So from that time to this, very little time has been spent, but she sends me a text every day. I get a text, at least one text every day. Would you say that me and Michelle have a great relationship? How could we? How could we? See, now I'm going to ask you people, church, how many of us are reading a paragraph, a little here, a little there? Pray when I can. I'll remember to pray for the food and I'll, I'll pray when I can. How can we say that we love Him 
but all we'll give him is a paragraph or a text. I received this daily word. It's on my phone or it's on my computer. I get them too. Love them. But if that's the only thing that I'm doing, can I honestly say, yeah, but you don't know, Tony. You don't know because I am so busy and I have no time. I'm working. I'm going to school. I'm doing this. I'm doing that and doing the other thing. Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about a lot of things. You're worried and troubled about a lot of things. But look what he says to But one thing is needed. One thing. You see that? Jesus just, right to the point. One thing is needed. One thing. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What was, what, get that picture. Where was Mary? Hanging on every word. Hanging on every word. See, so when me and Michelle are home, you'll see me sitting and Michelle will be just... No, it's not that. We spend quality time together. I hear her heart. She hears my heart. She knows things about me that none of you will ever know. Unless she squeals. No, none of you will ever know. Why? Because we spend time. Intimacy isn't just sex. You're his bride. A text. A, oh, I got the, you know, the Lord spoke to me. Please. Please. You can't let the world keep you so busy that you give up that one thing. What's the one thing? Loving Him more than anything and anybody. Loving Him more than anything or anybody. It doesn't matter what we accomplish. Look at, look at the things that these folks, these examples that I've given you so far. These things that were accomplished in His name. Come on. These things that were accomplished in His name. These, this status and stature that this young rich ruler had. And the things that he was probably doing in the church, in the temple, in the synagogue. Come on. Nothing means nothing. Nothing. This one thing. So all of those things that the church of Ephesus was, Ephesus that was doing really, really well, Jesus is commending them, but He says there's this one thing, one thing, you left your first love. Do you remember when you first went to Jesus? The weight was lifted off of you and you thought that was it. You're going to walk the straight and narrow and you're going to do this and you're going to be... Do you remember that? Do you remember the feeling that no more guilt, no more shame, you're clean before God? Remember that? How good you felt? And remember you, Remember some of you. Remember, I know it was me. Man, I'm going, to go, I'm going to be a bulldog for God. When I, when I truly got born again, when I truly received God, not when I just went to the altar prayed the prayer. It was after I prayed the prayer but then started learning I spent some time in His Word and then when I really heard His Word and really started to change me on the inside, when He really started to wash me and I really went to that altar and gave my life to Him totally, that's when I became born again and that's when my life truly changed. And I still have made mistakes and I still don't always get it right. But that's why we go now to verse 5. Look at verse 5 with me. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. 
Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Who is, who is Jesus talking to here? The church. He's telling the church to repent. Now, I'm going to say this and it's going to tick some of you off. So what? When you hear these television preachers and pastors, these famous ones like Joseph Prince, Creflo Dollar, and they say to you that the church doesn't need to repent. When you're born again, once you're born again, you don't need to repent because you're under grace. False. False. And then when they say that, well, explain this scripture to me then, Mr. Minister. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that just means when you first go to Him to be born again. No, it does not. That letter, that epistle from John is to the church. Just like this, these very words that Jesus is speaking, are, it's to the church. So how can anybody behind a pulpit say that once you're born again, there's no more need for repentance? Are you kidding me? I am so thankful that the Lord has made room for me to repent because I've told you I have not gotten it right since I've been born again. I have made some mistakes and I've had to go to Him and say, Lord, please forgive me. Well, that's different. No, it's not different. That means, Lord, I was still doing it the way that you didn't want, so now I need to change that way. That's repentance. I am going the wrong way. I'm going to change that way. Come on now. So don't tell me that we don't need to repent. Jesus just said, repent. Repent unless, if you don't repent, look what He says there's going to be. Repent and do your first works. What are the first works? The works that you did that, are, that, that were just out of pure love for me. Period. That's it. It had nothing to do with your status, your stature, trying to impress somebody, someone else's teaching, what your church was pushing that month, what the next flavor was, what the next move was by this man, that man, the other man, blah, 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 blah. No, not popularity, not culture. You're moved, you're doing the works that are generated and solely because of the love that you have for me. Hallelujah. That's what you... Return to your first works. When you didn't know any better, before you were all that, before you had all of this knowledge, which remember what he said. Be careful what you're hearing because some of this knowledge that you think you're getting, it ain't knowledge and what you had will be taken away. Didn't we just start there in Mark? Absolutely we did. Don't even say, We did. So man, this relates. This is so relatable now. Repent. And, and repent. And, and, and he says, I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. What is he saying? I will not be in that church. You will not have a lampstand. There will be no platform for you that's of me. Come on. Is it, remember where we were. Remember what the lampstand was. I'm, there will be no me in your church. You're not going to be one that I'm going to give light to. Come on! My brothers and sisters, that is so plain. It is so... I mean, you don't even have to be a spiritual giant. He's just laid it out there for us. So what am I motivated to do? To the, listen, I want to remind you, remember what it said in Mark 4, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But to, for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is what he's saying. I'm going to take that away. Does he want to? Absolutely not. That's why he's giving us that word. He's saying repent and return to the first works. Repent. 
And go and revisit those first works. Do those things that you were doing. Come on, out of pure love. Amen? Amen. Can you go... I, I just... That picture of Mary at her feet. At Jesus' feet, rather. That's, what I, that's where I want to be. I, that, I need to humble myself and understand that I'm, I don't know everything. And, and, and as many years as I've been studying and reading... You know, making the connection between some of these things. Like I've read that Mark passage so much, so many times, and, and I've read that Revelation passage so many times, but really didn't make the connection until now. So, my brothers and sisters, I don't. Man, we could just keep being at the feet of Jesus and glean all of this information, but we must be careful how we're hearing, and then we have to go ahead and do what we hear. Follow Him. Are you willing to give up? whatever you need to give up to follow Him. Do you love Him more than your money? Do you love Him more than that relationship that's costing you to not sit at His feet? Do you love Him more than you love that job that's taking so much of your time, so much of your... Do you love Him more than that? What do you want me to do, Tony? Quit my job? No. No. I want you to put Him first and He'll tell you whether you should quit that job or not. No, I wouldn't tell you that. Are you so into that human being, that relationship? They have your affection, you're attracted to them. Are you so into that person that you would go ahead and, and cause that to, to, to draw you away from Jesus? You're not going to spend as much time with Jesus because you have to split your time with this human being? Boy, I'm talking real right now. I'm, to, I'm talking real. And this isn't just for the young people. We all have to come to this realization because you have a church at Ephesus. Church. You are His church. We are His church. That was commended for so many good things, but that one thing. So Lord, search me. Make sure that I'm not doing all of these things even in Your name even preaching, teaching, all of these things that I'm doing. Lord, uh, make sure that that's not something that you're not right in the middle of. I'm not motivated by the love that I have for you. That you're not in it. Right? Right? Hallelujah. Love. And we know, you, if, if you look at the chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, how many times have we discussed that amongst each other? prophesy, to do all of these things. Have not love. I'm nothing. I have nothing. Amen? Amen. So, brothers and sisters, you know, come on, you know that there's something that's causing you either to be anxious or busy, but that's causing you not to spend time with the Lord. There are some symptoms that we've talked about today. There's some examples here. You know that they're part of what's hurting you. If that's you, stand with me. Stand with me. If you can. If you can't, just raise your hand. If you can't stand, raise your hand. I would love to bring everybody down to the altar. And if you want to, come on. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But we need to pray. 
We need to pray for one another. We need to lift up one another. Man, I'm all about this stuff. I'm all about the bling. I'm all about the show. I'm all about doing what I think is right in the church. And I'm going to bring this to the church. I'm going to bring that to the church. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best part of that praise team. I'm going to be the best sound mixer. I'm going to be the best teacher. Oh, fantastic. We love you. We can use you. But none of that means anything unless Jesus is absolutely first in your life. If He is not the one, the only, the first, and the last, the beginning of the, and the end. Amen? Amen. So Lord Jesus, there are people who are standing in this room and people who are, maybe their heart is standing up right now. Lord, we know that this word was for us. And Lord, we know that there are many things that we've contemplated, many things that we've just absolutely given space and room to that's even caused us to have doubt about even your word because we've neglected your word and because we've given place to these other things, these other affections. Lord, forgive us. Lord, please, please, Lord, forgive us. Lord, please, in those areas where we've, where we've faltered, those areas that we've let our, our guard down, those areas, Lord, that we've, we've allowed our own uh, natural tendencies to take hold, Lord, where, where our natural affections have overcome our affection for you, Father, please forgive us and strengthen us in those areas, Lord. We need your strength in those areas. And Lord, I know, I know, because you've, you've said it so very specifically, Lord, you want relationship with us. You've, you've called us back to yourself. And the only way that happens is reading and praying. So Lord, I, I pray, I, I ask Lord in Jesus' name that you would bless each and every person in this room or any person who is cognizant and willing and able in hearing this prayer. We're so careful, Lord, to hear this prayer now and say yes and amen. Lord, give us an unction to be in your word. Lord, help us divide our time. Lord, in Jesus' name, though we may be busy, though we may be so tired and weary in our bodies, Lord, please give us the unction and the strength to read your word. Holy Spirit, motivate us. Holy Spirit, lead us. Holy Spirit, guide us and direct us. We want to be at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, we want to be at your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, help us desire that one thing, that one good thing. Lord, renew that in us, each and every heart, each and every mind, each and every soul and spirit. Father, hearing this right now, Father, help us to desire that one good thing in Jesus' name. Father, give us that strong desire, that strong unction. Father, we will not be satisfied until we get that one good thing, and that is to be at Your feet, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hanging on Your every word being in relationship with you, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Restore the new man, the new woman. Restore us as we, Father, ask for your forgiveness, as we repent of our laziness, of our slothfulness. Father, in Jesus' name, new strength, new anointing, new anointing, new strength. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name 
Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, they'll all pass away. But there's something about your name. Hallelujah. Get all the glory in our lives, Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. And please, please, spend time at His feet this week. I guarantee you, not because of me, but because of Him, you will receive a blessing. Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Enjoy a great week.